Hello, fam. Thank you guys for joining us another to another episode. Um, we have our sister Alana today. We are continuing to have um, testimonies. Um, so I just ask that you guys can have an open heart and just receive whatever um, our sister Alana is going to talk about today. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so I am very humbled and uh, very grateful that you guys even asked me to share a testimony. Um, I know when Mo first asked me, I said, well, which part? Because, you know, I'm a little bit older and I have a few to share. And so I prayed about it and I asked the Lord, what, what test? She said, uh, when I was saved, is that what you asked? Correct. And so, yeah, she asked me about when I was saved. So I sat back and I asked the Lord and I sat there and I, my heart, like right now, I just feel the Holy Spirit. I'm just so overwhelmed because I feel like I'm being saved every day. I feel like that's the testimony I want to share is that I have to go before the Lord every day and just give him my heart, give him my life and just keep my eyes fixed on him. And I just want to share how God's been doing that in my life since a very young age and I didn't realize it. Okay. So I'm going to take you guys on a journey backwards. Okay. So let's go backwards. Okay. So so the first thing I wanted to just say is right now where I'm at with God, like I'm just in this this beautiful uh, posture with him and this alignment with just in love with him. I'm just so in love with God right now that I just, if anybody's been around me recently, I know Mo has, uh, I just can't help but just share that and just, I hope they feel that from me um, because that's just how I feel right now. God has just been so good throughout my life that I can't, imagine life without him anymore. And so um, I would just say right now my focus is on God. And so it has to be. Even today, out of all days, I get into a little bit, a little scuffle with my husband. And I was like, God, why am I so upset? He didn't even do anything. Why am I so like almost about to be in tears, upset about what he was saying? He wasn't saying anything bad at all. He was just teasing me. But I really, like it pierced my heart. And it just was a reminder that how easily the enemy will come sneak in, especially today when I'm going to share a testimony and he's a part of my testimony that, you know, he's trying to get me sidetracked and, and over here upset about something. But I, but because of my alignment with Papa right now, I'm able to go to him and say, what's going on with me? What am I not seeing? And he can address it. And then I can have my day, right? He doesn't get to steal my day, the enemy, right? Amen. Sorry, I have to so. interrupt. I think that's key, that like choice of like, how you felt like that. And instead of sinking into your emotions for the rest of the day, you were like caught it, like what's going on and taking it to God. I think a lot of times we shy away and then shame comes in and then we're like, Oh, not going to pray today. Not going to come before the Lord today. And then it turns into like a week. And then, and then we end up in a place that we didn't think we would be in. Yeah. So that's that little moment right there is so like important. Yeah. That's, that's where we allow the enemy to steal our joy. Right. And that was, I was like, no, not today. No, not any day. I'm, I I was, I'm telling people like, I am no longer giving the enemy access to my life. Uh, He's not taking anything from me. I've given it to him throughout Mm -hmm. the years. And I was telling Mo, it's time I'm taking it back and I'm not giving him that anymore. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely in that position right now. 
Um, so yeah, go ahead and if you guys feel like jumping in, asking me questions as I go along, just go ahead. So um, the other thing I want to say is um, is uh, being obedient. So once I got to this posture of, of focusing on God, I've become his servant. Like that's my heart right now is to just to serve him. And currently I'm in the process of moving to Pennsylvania in a couple of months. And so a lot of people don't know that. This is the first time you're hearing that. A lot of people, <laughs> it's the first time you're hearing that. And that's because God's sending me out there. He's sending my family out there for mission trips, for, for me, for a specific city and for a specific reason, okay? And so if I wasn't in this posture with him and this alignment with God, I would never probably heard it or been willing to do it because it's not an easy task. It really is not. And so uh, because I... Because I am, I'm willing and wanting to serve him and serve his people. So that's where I'm at today. Now, let's go back six years ago when I would call this the call, <laughs> when God called me, right, into, uh, into serving, into ministry, into diving into scripture, into learning about the prophetic and just learning about him. He just took me on a deep six years. I told Mo I was being still and resting for a long time. People are like, I've been still for a couple of months. No, a couple of weeks is reality. And I'm like, yeah, like my spiritual mom told me, sit down. You have not been still long enough. <laughs> You're still cooking. <laughs> so um, so six years I've been in, I was in this place of just like learning about him, learning who he is and getting to know who I am because I didn't know who I was up until that point. And so it took about six years, a lot of removing right and a lot of filling so emptying out the old junk and filling in his word his truth and, and his love into my life and um that's where six years yeah that's a that's like it seems like a long time but it went by so fast and I'm so thankful for it um and I wouldn't ever change it so if you're going through a, a time of being still or just in this place of Knowing your promises God's given you and you're just waiting and waiting and you're just anxious about it, I would just say just be still because that's where God is molding and shaping you and preparing you because if he sends you out too early, you might crack, right? You might miss the blessings that he really has intended for you. Um, okay, so 10 years prior to that. So that's, yeah, about 26 years ago. There was a good 10-year gap where I would say I was wandering and struggling. Like, I was in the wilderness, just lost. Like, I'm in church, um, not serving. I'm just attending church, in and out of church, um, because I didn't have connections. I didn't have a fellowship with people in my church. I didn't know what that looked like, because I didn't grow up in church, so I didn't know what that meant to be in church. I just went and then left, went and left. And then in those 10 years, that was where my hardest struggle was. That's what I really would say that God got a hold of my life. I, was, I told you I was talking to my sister before I came in here, and it was that make or break moment. It's like your last decision, what are you doing with your life? Are you going to come follow me, or are you going to go that route? That's where my husband comes in. It was a make or break like our family was on the brink of divorce, like our family was going to be just separated. He was not okay with it, but he that was the decision we were going. And it was my decision, it's things that I was doing or not doing in the relationship that God was like, what are you doing with your life? Like, you, seriously, what are you doing? You've been going to church, but you have not come to me. There was no relationship with God whatsoever. I didn't even know about a relationship. And then, um, yeah, and so that was 
the longest 10 years. Imagine 10 years going to church and you said you're saved, you've been baptized, and you don't know God. Like, that was, that was a very lonely time and, and a very hard time as far as being in a marriage, having four kids, being very young, and feeling like you have the world on your shoulders. Can I ask you what made you stay those 10 years going in and out? Like, what made you not just get annoyed and just not go, you know? Um, because when I came to know the Lord in the beginning of those 10 years, I knew enough, like I just knew God's love enough that, that I knew he would be the only answer. Like I just, like I didn't grow up in church, but I always heard about a God, about this Jesus. And people would say these nice things, but didn't always show it or, you know, behave that way. But I just kept hearing it throughout the years. And so when my mom and uh, most of my family moved to Pennsylvania, I was 19. I had two kids and I was struggling, struggling. I wasn't married yet. We weren't married yet. And I was just like, felt like I was failing my kids. But I knew that God was could be the only answer. I've tried everything else. <laughs> I've tried to fix our relationship on my own, been the best I could be as a wife or girlfriend and best mom I could be, but I didn't know how to be those things. And so I knew going to church would at least give me something. I was learning about the Bible. Um, I just didn't get the relationship until later on. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I so. That's kind of like what I thought was my testimony. And then last year, God was showing me, wait a minute, I have always been in your life. Let me show you something. And he reminded me in uh, my teenage years how much he protected me. I, I tried to be something I wasn't all the time. I tried to hang out with, with um, bad people. <laughs> <laughs> like I did drugs, you know, like um, not God always gave me a cap. Like this is your limit. I'm not going to let you go this far. Like you can smoke a little weed, but you're not going to do those other drugs. You can smoke a little bit of liquor, but you're not going to drink every day. Like he would definitely put limits. And I tried. Trust me, I tried. And even like my friends, I would try to hang out with older guys and they were like, no, you're too young. I'm like, but that girl is just as young as me. Why? Why? Why is she OK? But not me. Um, and he just did things like that. So while I was trying to be bad, God was like, you're not bad. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, like I was stealing, doing things like that. But every time I did things like that, it always broke my heart and I'd feel guilty. Um, and God's just, he was just there, you know? And so he was just reminding me of that. And then he also reminded me the first time I ever met somebody who prayed, and I didn't think about this until a couple of weeks ago, which was my aunt. Um, when I would spend the night at her house, they would, we would go to school the following day, and she would pray over us, just, you know, a protection prayer. And I just was like, this is kind of cool. I don't know what this is, you know. And then and she would be like, you know, just encouraging and just like this, yeah, protection prayer over us. And I was like, I never had that before. But he was showing me even then he was protecting me, that there's always been people in my life protecting me, that he's sent to protect me, right? Um, and then when I was younger, um, I did go to church a, a couple of times. It didn't connect because I just didn't understand what was going on. But I just, again, these are seeds being deposited every time I did these things, right? Um, 
I was talking to my sister, and I said, do you remember when we used to go to this church? She was like, in San Francisco? I said, yeah. She's like, in the Tenderloin? I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like, yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. A lot of drugs and a lot of uh, homeless and prostitution. It's just a really bad area. That's where we used to live. <laughs> but in there, there was a place, and they had a, uh, a group there. Somehow one of our friends invited us there, and I didn't remember it until last year, and God was showing me this. Do you remember going to this place? Okay. Do you remember these people? And he showed me what they wore. They wore these little vests, the kind of like Boy Scout type of vests. Mm-hmm. And he was like, do you remember you guys used to do this activities, play games? Then you guys would sit around and somebody would be talking from a book. <laughs> and I was like, were we having church? <laughs> and he was like, yes, you guys were having church. It was an um, organization called Awana. I just found out about it because I was telling my friend about it. And she was like, you were at Awana. That's like this international big company that works with kids. And I was like, I had no idea. So God was just kind of just taking me back to all these little times he's been there. And there's so many other ones that just can't even get into, but that he's just always been there. And I was like, in all this time, I've always felt unwanted. This is how the enemy twists things. I felt unwanted, unworthy, so and dismissed. You know, every time, like I said, when I tried to, to, to do stuff with boys and they said no, it felt like, you know, unworthiness, you know, or feeling like I'm abandoned by my family, but he was showing me, you were never alone. I was always with you, but your eyes were blind to me. You didn't know me. And it took until my thirties for me to know who God was, who Jesus was. And so now that I know that, um, I'm not letting that go. And that's just where I'm at right now. And so that's in a nutshell, without getting all into details, you guys can ask questions. I don't mind sharing details, But that's what he had for me to share is that if we be still long enough to hear him and know his voice, that he will show us things that we never would have imagined and that he's always with us, even when we try to run away from him. In those 10 years when I was in and out of church, I definitely tried to run away. I definitely tried to run away. And he was like, no. He was just pursuing and relentless for me. And so, yeah, I'm here today because of Jesus. I have a question. Yeah. Um, so, you, like you were saying that you will go in and out of church, and I've seen a lot of people do that. Like, they start really good, and they're passionate, but then they just stop, like, going, and they just they will come back, but they're not the same. They just leave again. What would you say, like, the reason why people keep doing that, you know? I mean, people just keep – I mean, they start, do, they start good, but eventually just start – drifting away is it do you feel like it's a church that doesn't do anything about th- about it or is just something personal that happens or triggers that um or your experience what happened with that because you were saying that um you were baptized and everything but then after that you were just going in and out so that's that's, that's my question for my experience it definitely was my look on the church, because since I didn't grow up in church, I didn't know anything but to look at the church. So that's why it's so important for me now that when I walk out of this building or when I'm in this building, people see me completely how God would want me to show up, you know, so they see God in me because they're they're definitely looking at you. They're looking at you to fall and they're looking at, is it real? And so when I came to church, um, I knew God was real, but the people... Um, I didn't always see that, and I definitely seen that outside of church of people who 
call themselves believers or whatever religion they want to believe in, um, but they weren't fulfilling that. And so when I went to the building, uh, my first building shut down. <laughs> and so in one of those times where I had stepped out of church, the building had closed and I was like, I don't understand like what's going on. And so that kind of threw me back for a while because I didn't understand how the church just stopped having church. And then the second church I went to, um, you can feel when you when you're like how I struggled with unworthiness. And like I told you guys before, I could have been in, in this room and not said a word to you guys. That's how I was in the church. So I walked in the building completely unseen, which I don't think anybody should ever feel unseen in a church building. But granted, it was a bigger church. Um, so I get that. But for 10 years. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> um, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, but I love, but what kept me going to the church was because I was learning. That was a Bible teaching church. And so I was learning scriptures and I, and I knew I, basically I can't depend on other people in places to get me in a relationship with God. And so I, that's what kept me staying in this particular church. God wouldn't let me just walk away. Um, but, what, but so it was my own selfish things, my own flesh that was pulling me out. Yeah. I don't know if I completely answered that. So we've been, we've been talking. <laughs> and so uh, one thing that I'd love for you to address is just what God did like in your relationship. Because you were talking about like, you know, y'all weren't married or anything. You know, you were just a girlfriend. So... Like, what happened within those 26 years? Like, <laughs> Yeah, so we've been together 26 years. Ooh, no, 26, 23, 23, 23 this year. I'm sorry. 20, I was like, wait, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Rounded up. 50, this year, uh, 23 years, and we just celebrated 12 years of marriage. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so because, I, like I said, I didn't grow up in church, that was, I just knew, though, I knew marriage was sacred, though. Like, there were certain things I knew. Like, I don't want to be married multiple times. If I'm going to marry you, we are committed to each other. Um, and I had babies, and I didn't want that to be the reason why I got married. Let me know that I love you, even though I did do the right thing in having babies early, you know, and out of wedlock. Um, but let's not make another mistake or make another bad decision, you know. And so um, I waited, waited. And in that time, the 10 years we weren't married, I came to know the Lord. And then I started to get a conviction in my heart, like, we need to, like, what are we doing? And so I started asking the Lord if this is who I'm supposed to marry. And then over time, he did tell me yes. And so that's why we got married. We finally did the marriage thing. Dang. Yeah. And then <laughs> it was like 10 years of battle. But when you get married... It's like on a whole nother level. Like the battle is on a whole nother yes. level. Okay. It's like a, it was like another 10 years, you know, five years of just the enemy because now we're we're married and now together we're stronger and the callings on our lives is great. And so the enemy has definitely stepped his foot in our marriage. And that's why towards the end, God was like, what you do next will make or break your marriage and your family. Me. And so um, I just finally had to surrender and, and repent for the sins that I was committing and just give it to God and say, I'm sorry, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I do love you and I do want to pursue you and I need you to heal me because when I'm not getting out of this marriage, 
I'm seeking it elsewhere, and I'm just tired, like, and I know it's not working, but God, be my love, be my husband, be my comforter, you know, be what he can't be for me right now, um, but I don't want to leave him. I love my husband. I know I'm supposed to be his wife, but I'm not getting that fulfillment, so God, can you do that for me? And so that was the, yeah, exchange in there. Yeah, so marriage is not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> So you were saying about that you didn't want kids to be the reason why you get married, right? I've heard a lot of people that they were forced to get married because of the church. They found out that they were expecting, you know, a child. Um, some people argue against it. Some people argue in favor. In your perspective, what would you think about that or say about that? So when I got pregnant, my mom was like, one, she was like, you're not keeping it. But I knew by this this time and in, in the years that it was my decision. And then then she said, okay, well, then you guys are getting married. And I was like, yeah, no, because that also is my decision. And so, I don't know, God's just been so gracious to just make me very independent and very just outspoken um, as far as, like, voicing what I won't accept, you know, or be forced to do. And so in that stance, I, I, I do say to each his own, you know, I don't judge anybody on the decisions they make, but I find it will be a lot harder and of a struggle when you felt, feel like you were pressured into doing something you weren't, you didn't know what you were doing or ready for. Because even though I had children with my husband young and they were all planned, believe it or not, they were all planned, but at 14, getting pregnant, how much of a maturity you know, mature mind do you have to actually agree to have a baby? Yeah. So later on in life, so here's an example. If, if I would have got married because they told me to, I had a baby because my boyfriend asked me to, you know, and I said, yeah, I'm in love, lust. <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't realize you actually get a baby and what, what that means and how your life changes. Later you get bitter and you get resentful. And these are the things that God had to heal me for my marriage, because these are the things that were stirring up in my marriage. My husband doesn't, didn't know that, but these are things that were going on internally. And so, um, yeah, he had to heal those things because it's already done. So I wouldn't recommend somebody doing something they don't want to do. Like if they don't feel like getting married, like that's the right thing at this moment. Maybe they will in a year or two or whatever, but I don't think they should do it because they feel pressure from the church or their parents. Your testimony is your story. It's yours to share. It's not for anybody to share. It's because it's more like their opinion because they didn't live it. Own your story. Own who you are. Own your struggles. Um, maybe a year or two, I couldn't have sat here and shared some of the things without crying or even having a smile on my face. But I can do it now because... It's not my testimony to share like that. Like it's God's. It's it's all to glorify his name because I didn't get out of those struggles. He took me out of those struggles. He got me through all these years of feeling lost and abandoned. He came and showed me otherwise. He showed me the truth. And so I get to share this because I get to share who God is, the true living God that's here today. Right. And that that's living in each one of you guys and the ones that are listening um, so don't be afraid of your testimony, no matter how like harsh or scary it may sound. I just heard a testimony from my cousin that it would have it broke it breaks my heart, but I'm also like 
Look at God. Look at God, because she would not have been here. I, I'm just so excited for God and seeing it in her because she doesn't take credit for it. She gives it all glory to God. Yeah, and I, I'm so appreciative at the take that you that you did your testimony with because just to all the listeners, it makes me think of my my testimony of like God points out when I didn't want anything to do with him, like he points out where he was at in every situation and where I could have been and where I'm not now. And yeah. I think that that's so key for the unbelievers and even even believers when we're just caught up in ourselves, like where's God, what's happening, this and that. But it's like if we just sit and pay attention and the I don't want to sound cliche, but it's like God's faithfulness is just shown in all of our testimony. Like that's the point. Like he's always going to prove that he was always there. You know, he's always going to prove that this is a part of the journey. Like it has, it's a piece of it. It's not like, don't dismiss it because I was there too, you know? And especially that's so key when, when we're doubting God or even, you know, in a post Christian world today, like people just don't believe in God, that he's real, but God is, he doesn't have to, but he just does prove himself. Like I'm real. Like there's no way just hearing your testimony. Like there's no way that even in your in your most like rebellious moments that you could have denied him even if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's like this wild crazy thing, right? Like like I'm trying to do stuff and he's like, Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's like yeah. just a little bit. Like and I look around and um I went to church, I visited a church yesterday and the pastor was just saying he chose you, right? He chose you. And, you, and I'm looking around at, at my family and everybody and all the things that they've gone through, and they have testimonies too, but just to know he chose you, each mm-hmm. and every one of you, that if you're alive today, if you woke up today, you still have purpose. Yes. That you could not have woke up today and God been finished with you, mm-hmm. right? You know, and your purpose had not been fulfilled. I do not want to die leaving this earth and not fulfill the purpose that I was planned for. And so... That's why we keep seeking God. We keep loving and we keep worshiping him. Mo asked about heaven. <laughs> she was having these conversations about heaven and and what happens when we get there. Like, you know, do we have questions? Do, what do we do? Or things like that. And I just feel like I just want to worship him. That I'll be just so in love and all with him. By the time I get there, there's not really questions because I made it. <laughs> One, yeah, right. it's just like, <laughs> praise the <Good> Lord. <laughs> yeah. And just because of his, his goodness, mm-hmm. that you just can't help but worship him and to love on him. Yeah. So I do that here. So we bring, that's bringing heaven to earth, right? Not just bringing the blessings down, but bringing yeah. him down to worship him here on earth. Not waiting to last yeah. minute, but mm-hmm. worship him now, even during the struggles, that's one thing I would advise people. If you're going through something right now, the best way I, I was able to get out of those tears, cry them out. Yeah, that's fine. But then recognize the God you serve and you start worshiping him and start thanking him for what's to come and start declaring those things to come forth and not sit in the woes. Yeah. So, so you said the God you serve. How about those that aren't serving but are going, are in that moment of tears and hardship okay you can serve the lord by even in those tears of you going through things being able to be an ear for somebody else 
that is like the most powerful way to move forward is even in your struggles, being able to be there for somebody else, taking the focus off of yourself and putting it back to God and serving his people. You don't necessarily have to be at the church building serving as an usher or in the worship team or a leader. You serve people in need, and that's all God's people, right, in and outside of the church. So whoever God brings before you, that's who you serve. Yeah. And I just want to say that our testimonies, um, I don't know if we uh, talked about this on, on the last episode, but individually we have our own stories that is going to be specific for certain people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you're going to be able to relate to whatever, I mean, you already went through that, you can help whoever is going through that. And I just love testimonies because uh, you feel, you, you like you were saying, you can see God's power, how he moves. And, and sometimes when you're like going through it, you don't see it until you get out of it. You're like, oh man, God was there. He was just pre- protecting me from this and that. Yeah. And now I can see clearly a, a clear picture that I had to go through this in order for me to actually open up or change the way I was thinking or the way I was behaving. And um, I, I, can, I can relate with you with, um, I want to do, like, so many other things that, like, didn't please God, but God was just like, you know, you're not going to that, that route. You're going to go back to, yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's just crazy how you don't even think about it until you start hearing other people sharing, like, no, God didn't let me do this and this and that. And I'm like, oh, that happened to me too. And that's, it's, it's, it's <laughs> fellowship. And it's, it's, that's, a, that's the cool part of um, testimonies that you can relate you can, you know, express God's, no, like you were saying, just worship. Because you're like, man, God is good. My, and just God is just worthy of all praise, God. And God is just so faithful, even though we were not serving, we're not going to church, we're not, you know, fully committed. But God was saying, you know what? I see what's going to happen in the future. And that's why I'm going to protect you now. And once uh, you're out of this, something beautiful is going to happen. And it's just amazing how everything just works out for the good. And just praise God. Yeah. Before you say that, I just want to I just want to add something because it was just God just brought it to my mind, so He must want me to share it. But I'm gonna give you an example of that. So no way possible, but God. So I went to a quote unquote birthday party. I'm like, I don't know, maybe 12, and I'm going to a birthday party, but it's not. It's just a bunch of teenagers, older people, hanging out. We're gonna drink and we're gonna smoke and we're just gonna hang out. So go over to the the house, and that's what we're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. This this started a lot younger than that, but we'll we'll start at twelve, okay? This particular day, I was like twelve or thirteen. Twelve, yeah. I was probably twelve or thirteen, yeah, because I was still in junior high. And so um, that's back when we had pagers. And so. And so we are walking, we're, we did what we were doing, and we were walking in the neighborhood, and we we're on our way back to the house to finish doing more stuff. And uh, my friend gets a beep, and I was like, she reads the number, and I was like, wait, what was that number? And I'm like, that's my house number. I was like, how my mama got your number? Because I didn't even have her number. And I was like, how does she have your number? And she done hunted me down. I don't know how she went through stuff. She called people, and people were just snitching all left and right on how to get a hold of me. She shows up at the house, and yeah, we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) So it was like God was just like, we're going to let you do a little bit, but I'm going to stop you because what what we were probably going to do further 
yeah, might have been a lot worse. And so she came and she was like, why are your eyes red? And I was like, because I was crying. <laughs> I was scared. She's like, yeah. So that's what ended up happening. But things like that, like God was like always like, no, we're just going to stop you right here. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it just, it made me think about how it's so important that as like those of us who are Christian, that we really live a Christ-filled life. Because, like, I'm thinking about what you said about the church where you're like, mm, like, they didn't always behave that way, you know what I mean? And just people feeling unseen and things like that, but just, like, really calling us to that high standard of, like, being righteous, you know, of walking like Christ. Because the Lord was just um, bringing the scripture, Colossians 3, where it talks about how our lives are hidden in Christ. So it's sort of so important that Christ is the one who we're reflecting, like, not our own opinions or thoughts like that. Because it's like, just think about, like, Alana's testimony just now like there was so many different people and different things that God placed in there you know that she was just simply planting seeds so it's like it's just important like that we remember to really reflect Christ like so that we can like help people you know in that like because God literally he plants seed he's what like we plant seeds we water the, we like bring the water but like God literally is the one who causes the increase which is like why we're able to have testimonies and things like that so yeah yes yeah, so yes plant those seeds so kind of going back to what you were saying that um you didn't really know fellowship when you first came to the church is that because people weren't coming up to you and being proactive Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was. So I was talking to my kids the other day, and and they go. We all go to different churches, and I asked them what's different about them. One, I just love their answer. They didn't say what what was different about them, um, and I said culturally wise, they're different. You go to a Hispanic church, you go to a predominantly African-American church, you go to a Caucasian church. They're different cultures. So every church building is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And so I, and that's the, the grace of God. He brought me a spiritual mom to help guide me through that. So that's another reason why I stayed in the church because I was supposed to. And I was, it was learning not to judge people on their, their race or the way that they run things or thinking we know the answer on how a church is supposed to be run. We don't, we're not in the background. We don't get to see all the things that these leaders are going through to get the church running. Yeah, right. And so we're just in the forefront and we forget about those things and we get our feelings hurt. But it's really about us going back to God and asking, why did my feelings get hurt on this situation? And that's that I actually the church is an amazing church. Like I said, it has to do with both. It, a relationship goes two ways. If I want one, then I need to go ask for one. <laughs> and so that's what I started doing. I started opening up those doors. And now the church is very friendly. They just didn't know how to do it. That's the only thing. And so, um, yeah, did that answer your question? Yeah. I was like, wait. <laughs> I did one of those things where I was going to the left. <laughs> Maybe we're not be able to relate, but you just can see that everyone has a different story, and yours is being written right now. Maybe you can't yeah. actually relate, but later on you'll eventually. God was gonna. Well, God is moving as as we speak. So just be patient and just see what God has stored for you. So let's pray. Do you want to pray? Uh, yeah, if you want to pray. Okay. <laughs> Lana, you pray. <laughs> Oh, Father God, Lord, we just we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you for this time and this space right here, Father God. <laughs> yeah, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to share, God. I'm just sharing 
who you are, what you've done in my life, God. And everybody has a story, God. Everybody has a testimony. Everybody has an opportunity to glorify your name, Lord. And so I just pray that whoever is listening today, Father God, that they would be blessed even if they cannot relate, but they would just be able to be blessed by the words that were spoken today, God. I pray that above all things, they didn't hear me, they didn't hear anyone else, but they heard the voice of you, God. Yeah, I pray that this uh, time would draw them closer to you, Lord. For those who may be kind of far off right now, maybe you're in that season of, of uh, being outside of the church or being feeling like you're too far gone from you, God. I just pray that they know that they're never too far gone, God, that you pursue them. Yeah, <laughs> you're constantly pursuing us, God. Yeah, even when we think we've arrived, we haven't, God, that you're still there and you still love us and you're still fighting for us, God. And so I just pray blessings over everybody right now. I pray for those who are going to hear this later, even months later, Father God, that this would bless them, Father God. And we just glorify you tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.